Alright, Matthew chapter 17. We've been doing a series on the, on the book of Galatians, and uh, we're going to take a, a little bit of a detour from that, of course, today being Easter or Resurrection Sunday, and uh, that, that we look at. It's good to remind the, the important things. Of course, we preach on the gospel often, which includes Jesus, of course, died for our sins, and he was buried, and he rose again. And, and uh, so, so the idea is not new, in a, in a, in a, in, at least in our church, in many churches, that, that uh, what the topic is. But it's good to reflect every once in a while. Some people look at, well, why only once a year? Of course, you know, there's lots of ideas. Is it a holiday? Is it not a holiday? Is it something with it? But it's good to just take the time and look at, hey, on purpose, just stop and remember what Christ did for us. Uh, sometimes we take too many things and granted for life and in our life that that we, we go about. Yeah, I know it. I believe in I believe in God, and and we go about our life and we forget every once in a while it's time to take that and kind of a, a just stop on purpose and make sure we're remembering what Christ did for us. I'm going to take you a little bit through a timeline, and we're going to be in, in many different verses, but the idea here is, is that, hey, how does the Bible portray? We're going to look at some things before and after Christ, and, uh, and to prove that what Christ said he would do, he did, and uh, that agenda, how does that tie into gospel and, of course, apply to us today? Matthew chapter 17 and 23, um, these are... Um, of course, Jesus had many confrontations with the, with the religious crowd of the day. And uh, Ma- Matthew 17 and verse 23 just says, And they shall kill him, and the third day he shall be raised again. And they were exceeding sorry. And uh, so he's talking and, and showed and just giving a, 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 a foreknowledge a few times here. Also go over to chapter 20, also Matthew. Matthew chapter 20. What Jesus is saying, I said, this is going to happen. Uh, Jesus himself, of course, being God, being the Son of God, uh, um, he's the Word in John 1. Uh, he knew what he was talking about, and he said, hey, this is going to happen. We're, we're, um, I, I'm, it's going to be killed. He laid it out for the disciples. And uh, it's amazing, some of these teachable times, that the way sometimes we learn, and, and God knows, God made us, and we see it often in the disciples, but if we pay attention, look back sometimes, we use the phrase sometimes, hindsight is twenty twenty, right? I mean, there's things we wish, hey, if I could have done that different, or, or whatever, but hey, uh, we made a best decision we could with the knowledge we had and experience in life at that time, and, and we look back now, and then, yeah, maybe I'd, I'd do, if I had that to do over again, I might do it different, but but. Sometimes that's just how we learn. We can't change what we did in the past. But Jesus was setting up the disciples and saying, "Hey, that, this thing, this is going to happen. This is where this is going. This is what's what they're about." They claimed that they believed Jesus was the Son of God, but they had a hard time watching the man they knew in the flesh as a person. And when he died, man, they were they were beside themselves. They didn't know what to do with it. And uh, so this is Jesus trying to teach them, trying to set them up. Now, here's the thing. When the disciples, when we get to the part where Jesus died, he was buried, and, and they thought, man, he's dead. What do we do? What's happening now? What do we do next? Our leader's gone. 
where it clicked a lot easier because they had this knowledge. They didn't process this information right away. Uh, they didn't remember immediately what Jesus on the cross. He said he was going to rage again, so we got nothing to worry about. Everything's going to be okay. That's not what they were thinking. Um, they were watching the person they lived with and learned from and, and, and were discipled by, and the person they watched do all the miracles, and they're watching the people turn on him and, and, and put him on the cross and kill him, and they didn't know what to do with that. But later, once it clicked and once they realized and they started preaching and they started realizing, hey, this is what Jesus said. He's the son of God because he did exactly what he said he would do. Let's go to Matthew chapter 20 and verse 19. And shall deliver him to the Gentiles to mock and to scourge and to crucify him. And the third day he shall rise again. Over Matthew chapter 27. Matthew chapter 27 and verse 64. Matthew 27, 64. This is, of course, after Jesus was buried. They were talking, the, the, the rulers and, and, and the soldier involved were, were, knew the disciples, knew there was some buzz about Jesus raising again. Of course, they didn't believe that, but they said, hey, we, we need to make sure that, that they don't like hide his body and take his body away and hide and claim he raised, rose again because we're trying to stop this movement. And uh, they did. So here we have command, therefore, the sepulcher, be made sure until the third day, lest the disciples come by night and steal him away, and say unto the people, He is risen from the dead. So the last heir shall be worse than the first. So they're trying to stop this. So the Roman, they even knew that, hey, he said that just in case something happens, we need to put all our guard up and make sure this, that there's no way to claim that he raised from the dead, um, except that he did. Let's go over to Mark chapter 9. Mark chapter 9 and verse 31. For he taught his disciples and said unto him, The Son of Man is delivered into the hands of men, and they shall kill him. And after that he is killed, he shall rise the third day. Over in chapter 10. And verse 34. He is speaking, and they shall mock him, and shall scourge him, and shall spit on, and shall spit upon him, and shall kill him, and the third day he shall rise again. And uh, so, what we have here, Jesus said it was going to happen. Let's go over to uh, um, Luke twenty-three, Luke chapter twenty-three, and. Let's look at the account. So Jesus said it was going to happen. Jesus knew that's why he came. Jesus was trying to teach his disciples what was happening. And uh, we've got a couple of chat, a lot of verses, so I'm not going to read through the passage. Um, it's, uh, it's a lengthy passage here, but Luke 23 and 24. Um, there's a few details in Luke. Of course, this is listed in all the Gospels. This is the account of Jesus going to the cross now. There are just a few details in Luke that I like Luke's account of, of this. So we're only going to look at Luke today. But 
Um, so we're under here. Let's look around Luke 23 and um, the first part and then down into about 15 is kind of where we're picking up. This is where um, Herod and then there, there's Pilate and he turned over to Pilate, which Israel was over Roman rule at the time. So, so Pilate was the authority. Herod was involved because he was sort of a, a token king. He, he was like, well, yeah, you're Jewish. You got a king. We're dead. We took over. We took over your land. But, but if you'll just surrender and bow down to us, we'll let you pretend to play king. And as long as you pay us taxes, we'll kind of leave you alone. And uh, so although Herod was the king and did have authority in, in the land of Israel, he, he still, they were still under Roman rule. And uh, so, so Pilate was that governor. And uh, so, so that's what's going So that's where it switched from Herod to Pilate. And, and now we have um, Pilate saying in verse 16, I'll therefore just chastise them and release them. And uh, so this whole time, Pilate thought it was wrong. He realized that Jesus was innocent, and uh, he tried to look giving in to the mob rule. Now imagine being the most powerful nation in the world. You're a governor under that emperor. You're, you're actually, in this case, Pilate even had authority over a king, and he's still afraid of mob rule. And, and he just giving it, he wanted to keep peace. So he just, even though he believed Jesus was in it, we also have um, the, uh, he also questioned again in verse 20, Pilate therefore willing to release Jesus, spake again unto them, but they cried saying, crucify him, crucify him. And he said unto them third time, why, what evil hath he done? I found no cause of death in him. I will therefore chastise him and let him go. And they with an assistant loud voices requiring that he might be crucified. And the voices of them of the chief priest prevailed. And Pilate gave sentence that it should be as they required. And they released unto him that for suggestion of murder was cast into prison, whom they had whom they had desired, but delivered Jesus to their will. So Pilate gave into this mob rule. This is important. This is, this is a, a affirmation, if you will, of Christ. Um, we know Jesus is the Son of God. We know he lived perfect because he was God. Uh, we know um, his position. We know Jesus was sinless. We, we know all these things, but here's the mob when they tried to try him, and this is important throughout history, starting with Jesus and into the apostles and into other parts of history of the world when Christians have been martyred. Um, we, we have to understand here, this is God giving a confirmation, I believe, of we know Jesus had to fulfill prophecy. We know Jesus came because he wanted to, because he loved us in John 3, 16. We know that Jesus was perfect. We, we know all them things, so this is going to happen. The difference of when it came, if as far as man's eyes, this is, a, this is a confirmation from man, from that ruler that, hey, we're going to do this. We're taking over authority. We're going to do what we want. We're, we're going to kill Jesus for being Jesus and later through history and the martyrs that because they're Christian or followers of Christ that, hey, they had nothing to be tried for. 
There was nothing against them. There was nothing they could find wrong. There was nothing. You go through history and some of the martyrs, and even in early America, when someone would preach the gospel, they actually sometimes on the spot would make up some frivolous law just to try to catch them in something that they could arrest them for just because they were preaching the gospel. Uh, th- this is this is confirmation that Pilate's saying, hey, I'll wash my hands of you. I'll have, okay, people, you can have them because I'm afraid of the mob. But but he made it clear that Pilate believed there was nothing wrong with Jesus. There was nothing he did wrong. He was guilty of nothing. But he just gave in to that mob rule because they didn't like Jesus's message upsetting their religious system. And uh, so as, as uh, sometimes we see some of that today, it's not that bad yet in America, but, but, but it could. We've seen um, throughout history this persecution against the followers of Christ. And if you'll watch, there is something that they know. Hey, um, the disciples said, Peter has said, even Paul said, and you go through that, hey, if I'm guilty, even all the way in early America, we've had some where people were severely tortured for preaching the gospel. And it's like, hey, I'm not guilty. I'm not giving in to whatever your law is. If you want to say I'm guilty of the gospel, find whatever you want to do. Um, but this is this is this is a confirmation that Christ was was not guilty of anything. It was just Pilate giving in to the the uh, the mob, if you will. Of course, now down now we have the process of him going to cross. I'm just going to tell you. It's a, I know somewhat familiar, but you can go back and read these chapters. They're lengthy chapters, but it lays out. Um, some of the details. When Jesus was taken, of course, not guilty. They now they wanted to beat him with that with that whip. That cat of nine tails was just a, a nasty. Now these were trained soldiers. Sometimes we get the image of a, a bunch of just brutes just trying to you know take out their anger, beating somebody or whatever. Now these were skilled soldiers. They were trained in this on purpose, and they knew exactly how to make that whip work. And uh, as they did. And uh, went went through that. It actually tore their flesh. Many people died long before um, the uh, their the the beating was over. Their insides literally would fall out. We have an account of that. If you turn back to Psalm chapter twenty-two, Psalms twenty-two. Sometimes we, we forget that. Uh, um, Psalms we look at as a poetic type book. There's a lot of songs they used as, as songs in, in, in early churches and, and in Israel, but there's a lot of prophecy in Psalms. Uh, there's a lot of things looking ahead and explaining things. So Psalms 22 is actually Christ on the cross. Amazing how David knew that. People try to question whether the Bible is pure and perfect and inspired. And, and David, David could describe the crucifixion all the way back in the Old Testament. And uh, let's see, the Psalm 22 uh, says, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Why are those so, so far from helping me? And from the words of my roaring, O my God, I cry in the daytime, but thou hearest not, and in a night season, and am not silent. But thou art holy, O thou that inhabitest the praises of Israel, our fathers trusted in thee. They trusted, and thou didst deliver them. And they cried unto thee, and were delivered, and they trusted in thee, and were not confounded. But I am a worm, and no man, a reproach of men, and despise of the people. And they that see me laugh me to scorn. They shoot out the lip. 
they shake the head saying he trusted on the Lord that he would deliver him and let him deliver him seeing he delighted in him. But thou art he that took me out of the womb. Thou didst make me hope when I was upon my mother's breast. I was cast upon thee from the womb. Thou art my God from my mother's belly. Be not far from me, for trouble is near, for there is none help. Many bowls have come past me. Strong bowls of Basha have beset me round. They gaped upon me with their mouths as a ravening, roaring lion. I poured out like water. All my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax. It is melted in the midst of my bowels. My strength is dried up like a potsherd, and my tongue cleaveth to my jaws. And thou hast brought me into the dust of death, for dogs have compassed me. The assembly of the wicked have enclosed me. Uh, they pierced my hands and my feet. I may tell all my bones. They look and stare upon me. Uh, they part my garments among them and cast lots upon my vesture. But be not thou far from me, O Lord, O my strength. Haste thee to help me. Deliver my soul from the sword, from my darling, from the power of the dog. Slave, save me from the lion's mouth. For thou hast heard me from the horns of the unicorns. I will declare thy name unto my brethren in the midst of thy congregation. I praise thee. Ye that fear the Lord, praise him. All ye the seed of Jacob, glorify him and fear him. All ye the seed of Israel, for he hath not despised nor abhorred the affliction of the afflicted, neither hath he hid his face from him. But when he cried unto him, he heard uh, my praise shall be of thee, my great congregation. I will pay my vows before them that fear him. Uh, the meek shall, shall eat and be satisfied. They shall praise the Lord that seek him. Your heart shall live forever. All the ends of the world shall remember and turn unto the Lord, and all the kindreds of the nation shall worship before thee. For the kingdom is the Lord's, he is a governor among the nations. All, the, all they that be fat upon the earth shall eat and worship, and they shall go down, and the dust shall bow before him, and none can keep alive his own soul. A seed shall, shall serve him. It shall be accounted to the Lord for generation. Uh, they shall come and shall declare his righteousness unto a people that shall be born and hath and that he hath done this. A couple of things, and in in first of all, it describes the crucifixion. Notice some of the examples here about his bones are out of joint. Um, his bones, he said he could look down, his bones stare back at him. Um, he's dried up like a poncher, tongue cleaving. Remember, he said, I thirst when he's on the cross. We'll look back in a moment. He's on the cross. He said, I thirst. And uh, they, they mockingly just gave him vinegar to drink, even though he's dried out. So this describes the crucifixion. But also, I read the whole thing because notice on the bottom, there's some things after it. He's on the cross, and then it doesn't specifically say that he rose again, but it goes on to talk to him about being the governor and the world's people going to worship him and, and people going to follow. Obviously, <laughs> he has to be alive for that to happen. And uh, so we're back in, uh, back in Luke. 
as we go down and, and see, so he's on the cross. But even under that time, it proves right from the beginning why Jesus came. Of course, while Jesus was on earth and showed his earthly ministry and helped people and healed people and, and, uh, and all those things that, that uh, as, as he was on the earth, he obviously cared. I love throughout scripture when Jesus helped somebody, when Jesus wanted to heal somebody and said he had compassion on them. And uh, as as, uh, and he showed and showed his love even on earth um, that, uh, that he loved people and that he came for people. But while he's on the cross, it said in, ver- in uh, Luke 23 and verse 39, if uh, you're back there, Luke 23 and verse 39, and one of the malefactors, uh, the two thieves, one on each side, which are hanged, uh, railed on him, saying, If thou be Christ, save thyself and us. Isn't that the cry of the world many times? When, when, when people look at, hey, we're trying to live for God, we preach a truth, uh, and we show. It's, it's not me versus them. It's just, hey, this is what the Bible says. And, and, and they always want some kind of strange proof. So it's, this is more sarcastic. I don't believe in his heart, and it proves it here. In his heart, this man, he had no, no intention in his heart of trusting Christ. He was more concerned about his physical salvation. Hey, if you're really to Christ, why, what they, they say, why don't you just get us down from here? And, and uh, he, he was more concerned about this physical position. And if we're not calling many false religions go that route. Um, all the name, they think God's just somebody that make us happy here on earth or something. And, and uh, God, God is concerned about our joy and our peace and, and, and our needs here while we're here. But, but uh, that, that's not what God's there for. It's not to make my life better here. It's my spiritual life. And if my spiritual life is right with God, once I'm saved and following Christ and let the Holy Spirit work, and, and I let those things uh, work in my life, and, and go, yes, I will have a better life here, but, but the, the purpose is for eternity. The purpose is to have a relationship with God and, and, and go, this man was just concerned, hey, if you're Christ, just get us down from here. And uh, let me put it, and the other, I like the verse 40, but the other, the, the thief on the other side of the cross, uh, or whatever he was being crucified therefore answered rebuked him saying dost not thou dost not thou fear god seeing thou art in the same condemnation he said we're we're on the same place here he said don't you have any fear of god um he said there's something and then he looked at christ here's where he accepted christ and uh and uh, he, well, he asked suit, he said, we indeed justly, for we receive due reward of our deeds. But this man hath done nothing amiss. So he's been paying, pay, paying attention. Hey, he said, we deserve to be here, but, but Christ, this, this Jesus, he didn't do anything. Uh, he doesn't deserve it. And then he looked and said unto Jesus, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And Jesus answered and said unto them, verily I say unto thee, today thou shalt be with me in paradise. And uh, so he looked at him and said, Jesus saw his heart. Jesus knew this man who was, was uh, accepting a Christ and understood who Christ was and uh, said, hey, would you accept me in, in, in your kingdom? And Jesus said, today, no, hey, they're on the cross. They're going to be dead real shortly. Jesus said, today. And since that tells us two things without doing complete Bible studies on the issues. One is dealing with salvation. We know uh, church, whether it's attending uh, church, uh, religion, uh, um, formality, or, or the, the, all the things that 
Catholics and other people say, some of the church that try to add baptism into salvation, all those other things, hey, they're not part of salvation. Jesus said here, the man said, hey, Jesus, will you remember me? He believed who Christ was, and he looked, Jesus said, today, while they're on the cross, he didn't say you have to get off the cross and go get baptized. He didn't say you have to get down and go join a church. Uh, he didn't say any of those things. Jesus said, today, thou shalt be with me in paradise. And uh, so it's it's uh, salvation is the belief, and and when we die, we're instantly with Christ. And uh, so with, without going into all the other parts or things to do with that, um, we can see that. So Jesus on the cross, he said here, of course, the end, it told the thief, you'd be with him. Then he, of course, gave up the ghost. It was time for Jesus to die, and uh, he died. He was carried to the tomb. And uh, we know that. We go in chapter 24, Luke 24. He was buried in, in that tomb. Now, on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they came unto the sepulcher, bringing the spices which they had prepared and certain others with them. And they found the stone rolled away from the sepulcher. And they entered in and found not the body of the Lord Jesus. And it came to pass... As they were much perplexed thereabout, behold, two men stood by him and sh stood by them in shining garments, and uh, and as they were afraid and bowed down their faces to the earth, they said unto them, "What? Why seek ye the living among the dead?" And more confirmation. Of course, the, the conversation goes on, and later in verse twelve, Peter went and saw it, and and uh, so do you think Jesus rose, like he said. But they came, and notice some of the disciples. Of course, these were the women bringing the spices, and uh, it's part of the preservation and, and ceremony things with with burials. Then, and uh, but it says that they were much perplexed. It's funny all the times that we saw earlier. We just saw a few of the verses where Jesus told his disciples and told people. He said, "Hey, I'm gonna. He's gonna die three days later. I'm gonna raise again." And, and, and now they're there, and it come three days after the crucifixion, and they can't figure out Jesus, his body's not there. What happened? And it says they're perplexed. And they saw, and they had to, had to, had to try to, to figure it out. Let's see some proof after the fact. Let's go to Acts chapter 10. Of course, this is after. This is the beginning times of the, of the, the church, if you will. And, and, and the missionary, Jesus, is gone, and, and the apostles are preaching, and... and uh, we already have Paul on the scene, and, and we're going to Acts chapter 10 and verse 39. Acts chapter 10 and verse 39, and uh, Peter is preaching here. And, uh, and we are witnesses of all things which he did both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem, whom they slew and hanged on a tree. Him God raised up the third day and showed him openly. And uh, so we have some witnesses uh, of people that saw. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. First Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 4. No, that's not it. I guess I wrote down the wrong verse. It's all right, we have more. I don't know. I'm, I wrote something down wrong. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 
2 Corinthians chapter 5. And verse 15, and that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. And uh, so, Second Corinthians, let's go to 1 Corinthians. First Corinthians fifteen. First Corinthians fifteen and verse three. First Corinthians fifteen and verse three. For I delivered unto you first of all the which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried. And that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. And uh, I'm gonna come back, we're gonna come back to this passage in a little while. Let's jump back to Romans 14. Romans chapter 14. And as Paul was writing to this church, Romans 14 and verse 9: For to this end Christ both died and rose and revive, that he might be Lord both of the dead and the living. And uh, so some thoughts after the fact, these are some witnesses and proved people talking, yes, he did raise from the dead. And uh, we, uh, Acts back to, uh, I'm sorry, 1 Corinthians. I know we're there, we're close, but 1 Corinthians 15 1 Corinthians 15, 6. We just saw that he, he rose from the dead up in th for 3 and 4. Um, verse 5 will go that he was seen of Caiaphas. And then of the 12, after that, he was seen above 500 brethren at once, of whom greater part remain under the presence, but some are fallen asleep. After that, he was seen of James, then of all the apostles. And last of all, he was seen of me also as one born out of due time. And uh, so these are eyewitness accounts of people that saw Jesus after he resurrected. And uh, so Jesus def did what he said he would do. And down a little farther, the same chapter, 1 Corinthians 15, down to start, jump down to verse 13. Now the, the doctor, why is this important? Um, 1 Corinthians 15, start reading in verse 13. But if there be no resurrection of the dead, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ be not risen, then is our preaching in vain, and your faith is also vain. Yea, and we are found false witnesses of God, because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ, whom he raised not up, if so, be that the dead rise not. For if the dead rise not, then is not Christ raised. And if Christ be not raised, your faith is in vain, ye are yet in your sins. So without the resurrection, there is no salvation. I understand in the Old Testament, people believed God because they were looking forward to what God would do. Um, Jesus hadn't raised from the dead yet. 
but the belief was the same. The belief was in God saying he was going to do what he said. Then you had the transition of Jesus did come on the cross. He was buried. Um, he, he was in the tomb. And then he rose again. Why is this important? On this particular passage, just brief, there were some people that actually had on, held on for a while. And, and when we did that study a while back on the history of the King James Bible and, and uh, the differences and, and where some of the corruption came from all the way back as early as shortly after the Apostle John um, was, was barely dead and uh, some of this stuff. And it was coming out of the stuff Paul's preaching against. It was not a new thing. as uh, They tried to make it a spiritual thing. Well, Jesus died and, and uh, just, you know, his, his spirit went and, and it's kind of a thought process and, and uh, just uh, kind of, he was just, you know, like a meditation thing or something. And, and uh, so that what they're saying is Jesus didn't physically raise from the dead. If you go back and read back some in 1 Corinthians here, you'll find that they, they were, somebody tried to bring into the church and say, well, Jesus didn't really raise from the dead. It's just kind of a, a spiritual consciousness and, and, uh, you, you know, you just feel better about yourself because you believe in Jesus or something. And, and uh, they, they tried to make it not fit. Paul's saying, no, it's, it's, it's real. It's physical. It happened because if Jesus didn't raise from the dead, there's no power in salvation. If Jesus did not raise from the dead, everything we're doing and preaching is in vain. If Jesus didn't raise from the dead, then none of this matters. Uh, because Jesus was the son of God, he had to raise from the dead. Yes, it was spiritual, but it was physical. Jesus is the son of God. He was dead. He raised from the dead. That also proved because he has the power to conquer death, that's why he can give us eternal life. And we would have no eternal life if Jesus, if God couldn't raise Jesus from the dead. How is he going to raise us and help have us live everlasting? And uh, with him. So he's laying out here in 1 Corinthians 15 that this is important. Uh, this is a big deal. Uh, you, you can't have salvation without the resurrection. Yes, salvation existed in that same trust in God uh, before Jesus came, but it's still, it was trusting God that God's going to do what he said he would do. Jesus came. He died for our sins. It's, a, it's about the blood. Without the blood, there is no remission. And uh, Jesus had to shed his blood. God's timing in history was perfect. God gave how the law represented Christ through the Old Testament, where where the 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 uh, the world structure, the political structure at the time um, that the Romans were involved in Israel, even though Jesus was a Jew, but but that the Roman rule had the idea of crucifixion, um, that that uh, Jesus' blood. If Jesus' blood is going to be shed, it had to be done in a death that's going to shed His blood. And, and the transition time of, uh, of people, God knew God's timing is perfect. God knew exactly what he was doing and, and God knew how it would, uh, how it would happen and when it would happen. And there was his timing for all the reasons that Jesus died, but shed his blood, gave his life for our sins so that we could have an eternal life and eternal relationship with God. But it's not just about our salvation and eternity. And, and that's the big part. That's the big deal, of course. Man, I, I was a young child. I was only four years old when I got saved. And uh, when I got saved, all I knew at that time was, hey, I was a sinner. And I didn't want to go to hell. 
I, I didn't understand what all the doctrine meant. I, I didn't understand uh, what all the details were about. I, I didn't understand the whole Bible. I, I just knew that, hey, if Jesus sent his son to die for me, I need to do, I need to trust in Christ to go to heaven. And, 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 and I learned later on as I, as I go. And, uh, but it's more than that because I'm saved. God does want us to have a peace on earth. God does want us to have a joy. God does want us to, to uh, have a relationship with him while we're here. Uh, uh, imagine getting saved, and, and I'm not trying to doubt people's salvation, but imagine at some point in your life that, that you've accepted Christ, and, and, and you, you got that settled, and you know you're on the way to heaven, but, but the rest of your life, you don't spend any time serving God, and you don't spend your time in the Bible. You don't spend time praying. You don't spend time getting to know God. It's like, man, I'm glad you're saved and glad you don't have to go to hell for eternity, but but man, what a, what a terrible life. You're going to get to heaven one day and Jesus is going to be a stranger to you. And, and we need to understand that, yes, it's about our eternity and that's the big deal and that's the part I couldn't do by myself and, and I, I can't pay for my sins. I understand any honest person, I've met a few people that tried to tell me they weren't sinners, but, but any honest person in this world is going to admit they're a sinner. And we understand that the wages of sin is death. That, that's death and hell and eternity, the second death that talks about in Revelation and uh, that, but, uh, but it's, it's, it's that judgment, that penalty, not because God hates us, but because God loved us. He gave us a way out. It says for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. It's because of what Christ did on the cross. And it, and it's, it's, and, and it's because I have to just accept God's gift. I don't have to do anything. I just have to, hey, he handed me the gift. I just have to take it. Uh, um, that, that's a problem. Man's pride is such a strange thing sometimes. As we got all these crazy religions, we got all these things that people think they got to do. When Jesus said, hey, it's a gift. All you have to do is receive a gift. Believe on Christ. It, it got, he didn't make a comment. He did all the hard stuff. He did the hard part. We just got to acknowledge that, hey, I, I can't do it by myself. It's what it is. And, and for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You know, when Easter, we, we, we celebrate sometimes Easter becomes things for the kids. Sometimes Easter becomes um, time with family, and that's all good. But we have to understand that this time, I, I, I prefer more calling it, it, it just Resurrection Sunday when we reflect on Christ's resurrection. Um, but it, it's, it's about that time to stop and think about, hey, where am I with Christ? First of all, is your salvation settled? Second of all, if you are saved, what are you doing with it? Jesus came and left heaven, lived on this nasty earth, let his own creation crucify him. He rose again, conquered death, so that we could have eternal life. And what are we doing for Christ with that? Let's all stand together. We're going to close in a brief invitation. I want to have two thoughts. Of course, I know we don't have a uh, formal furniture as an altar, but, but uh, if you want to come or in your seat, is fine. But uh, two things. First of all, if you're not absolutely 100% sure that you'll go to heaven when you die, Please come. We'll show you from the Bible, and we'll, we can help you. We'll get that settled 
with the Word of God that you can know that. Second of all, you're saved. You know you got it settled. You're on your way to heaven. Hey, what are you doing with it? What are you doing with your relationship with God? What are you doing either telling others or, or, or getting yourself closer to God? Is, God? is Christ going to be a stranger to you when you get to heaven? After all he did for you, can't at least spend some time on earth living for him? prayer lord i thank you for this wonderful day and god beautiful weather and and the fact we can come to come to church together and worship you and god i pray that you'll help us to take uh this this to heart and and just stop and reflect today on uh, on what you did for us god i pray that you'll help us god if there's someone here not saved that they'll get that settled but god if they're um ones that are saved god that that will reflect on this time on what you did for us and the sacrifice you made to give us a way out uh, of an eternity in hell so that we can live for you without forever god i pray that you'll help us and uh, god uh, um and uh, give us that courage and strength as we go live for you this week and jesus name amen <laughs>